You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to go ahead and read to you from Luke chapter 13. It says this, There were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galilean whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. That sounds like a cheerful message. (laughs) At first, it sounds like a message of doom. That sounds like something that you see on a sandwich board with someone yelling, the end is nigh, right? What if I tell you that that is a message of hope? When we dig into it, when we really see what Jesus is telling his disciples, what he's telling us, that is a message of hope that we can share. It's a message of hope that we can use to be good news people. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and we're going to dig in and and break this down a little bit. God, thank you so much for gathering us together today. Thank you for being our hope. Lord, I pray that your gospel just invades our hearts today. Your gospel, your truth, who you are, what you came to do, what you are still doing in our lives. God, I pray that it is so evident, so clear today, and that you help us leave this place being good news people that carry your truth, carry your word out into the world in front of us. Lord, we love you so much. We are so thankful for today. And we pray that we hear from you in these next few minutes. Amen. Amen. So we've been in this, this uh, series, Good News People. And good news, that's the gospel. So when we want to be good news people, we want to be people of the gospel that go and tell the good news, right? We spent a few weeks learning about how the gospel impacts us. Last week, we started talking about how, uh, how that impact within us goes outward. And we start being good news people to the whole world. Those in our communities, those around us, our friends, our family. It's not meant for for us to put it in our little jar and hold on to. It's meant for us to share. So we're going to continue with that today. And this message that that starts off sounding very doomy and gloomy. But we're going to break it down. We're going to understand it just a little bit better. First off, what is the gospel? If it's going to impact us, if you weren't here for those first few weeks, let's, let's go back a little bit. What is, what is the gospel? I, I, I think often when we think, what is the gospel? There are dozens of verses running through our head. We, we try and recite the entire book of Romans from heart, and it doesn't go well, so we give up and we stop and we walk away and say, I don't know. I'll make it really simple, Okay. God of the universe created all of us, loved us so much 
that when we were separated from him by sin, he sent his only son to live the perfect life in relationship with people, healing, spreading good news, spreading love. And then that son, God himself, was nailed on a cross for your sins and mine. And three days later, he rose again and he bridged the gap that sin had left between us and God, making a way for us to come back to relationship with God. That's the gospel, okay? It didn't take me uh, a degree to tell you that. It didn't, I didn't pull out Romans and flip through and give you every single verse in there. That's the gospel. That is a simple truth that has impacted uh, just about everyone in this room. I know a lot of people in this room personally have been majorly impacted it by that message. And if you haven't yet, please listen close because this is gonna this is gonna hit you. That message is meant to to be internalized and it's meant to make us into disciples of Christ. When we are in relationship with God, when we when we take advantage of that that bridge that Jesus did to step into relationship with God again, to be disciples, there's this understanding that we are uh, we know and follow Christ. This is the definition of a disciple that, that Hill City works with. We know and follow Christ. A disciple is being changed by Christ. And a disciple is on mission with Christ. That's our, our definition of disciple. And it's that last one right there. On mission with Christ. That's the one that I want to highlight. That's the one that I want to dig into today. Because what does it look like to be on mission with Christ? What does it look like to, to get through those first two, to know and follow Christ? I, I can do that. He's God himself. Who wouldn't want to know him? Who wouldn't want to follow him? To be changed by Christ. I can't wait for my outlook on life to, to change, to be more like him, to 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 have more hope in me, to, to be more peaceful, to be a, a man that stands and is true and can be like Christ. Of course I want that. To be on mission with Christ. That one's tough. That one's out of my comfort zone. That means going and sharing. And sometimes I don't really want to do that. When I started really, truly digging into discipleship, that's the one that, that I got hung up on. Being on mission with Christ. Because when you're on mission, you are sent out. God gave us that great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Teaching them to follow what I have commanded you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the mission. To make more disciples. And to do that, we have to share the gospel. We have to be good news people. We have to be people that are so living the gospel that anytime we come into contact with people that don't know Christ, they can't help but ask us, what's different about you? And we need to be able to, to have that answer. We need to be able to tell them, this is what's different. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. It's what he did. It's what he is still doing in my life. It's different. It's when we become others focused. 
when we start shifting on what those around us need and, and we're not trying to, to consume, but the change becomes outward. That's what we're, we're after today. In Matthew chapter 9, it says this, He said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, Jesus used a lot of farming analogies. He wasn't talking about actually going into uh, a cornfield and picking off corn. That's not, that's not really what he's after right now. When he says the harvest is plentiful, we look at that and, and in our mind we're like, that's a great thing. The harvest is plentiful. But what he's saying is this. There are so many people out there in the world. So many. You can't walk down a busy street without bumping into five of them within the first 10 minutes. So many people out in the world that need Jesus, that need the gospel. Just take a second and think of who Jesus is to you. If you've been walking with Jesus for for a long time or a short time, take a second and think of who Jesus is to you. He could be comfort. He's peace. He's the man that, that stood and calmed the storm with a word. He's power. He raised the dead from, raised, uh, from dead to life. He's hope. He promised that he would be coming back again. That he would never, never truly leave us. And that he's with us today. And, and when he comes back, he's bringing us all home with him. He's hope. When Jesus is saying the harvest is plentiful, he's telling you how many people there are in this world that need him. And the workers are few. The people willing to go and share the gospel, the people willing to, to share it, not, not go to distant lands and, and immerse yourself in culture and share it. Those are, that's a beautiful thing. And if that's what your goal is, I encourage you to do it. Go. But if you look out your front door, you're going to see the harvest. If you walk down a busy street, you're going to see the harvest. If you talk to your family, chances are you're going to see the harvest. And it's in those moments that we're to ask the Lord of that harvest to send us into his field. Send us into his field. Give us the boldness to share that gospel, to share his good news. Because those hopeless people, they, they need Jesus. I, when I was, was far from God, I needed Jesus. And I can't imagine being in that place now, suffering some of the things that, that life throws at, at, at all of us now, going through all of that without God. I couldn't do it. So why wouldn't we share? When we look at our friends, our family, and we see the hurting people, the people that need peace, that need hope, that need love, that need the gospel, why wouldn't, 
Why wouldn't we share with them? Sometimes it's, it's like we talked about earlier. I don't know the gospel well enough. I don't have a short and sweet little gospel message that I can give them. I don't know it well enough to, to articulate it. Sometimes it's, oh, they're really far gone. I can't fix them. They're so lost, I can't fix them enough to, to bring them to church. I can't fix them enough to bring them to, to my small group. I can't fix them enough to get through to them to tell them who Jesus is. And sometimes the, message, the, the little excuse that we have is, well, God still needs to do a lot of work in me before I can tell anyone how good he is. God still has so much to do in me before I'm in any place to speak of his glory to other people. Now, I don't want this to sound like I'm browbeating everyone in this room because these are all excuses that I have said to myself. They're excuses that I have, I have given myself when I'm presented with the opportunity to evangelize and share the gospel with people that need it. I'm not proud of that, but this is coming from experience. This is coming from a place of, of, hey, I've been there. And I don't want to be there anymore. And most of these, they're just excuses. They're just excuses. When you dig into most of these, you'll see that, that man, I am getting in God's way. It's not my place to, to fix people. And make them godly. That's not my part. That's God's part. It is not my place to be the perfect representative of Jesus. God's going to do that to me in his own time. But if I have the message of hope and someone needs it and I withhold it, it's getting me farther from the goal, not closer to it. Luke 13 his disciples were coming up to him, sharing these stories of, of Galileans that had suffered something horrible. And his disciples had done this before. They saw a blind man and they came to Jesus and said, hey, who sinned to make him blind? Was it him or his parents? He must have deserved that, right? And again, Jesus corrects him and says, no, no, you, you don't get it. They're not worse than you. These people that suffered greatly are not worse than you who I have chosen and called by name. You were given the same chance to repent that, that they deserve. So when we, when we think sometimes, oh, this person in my life, they need hope. They need Christ. They're just too far gone for me to really get through to them. It's not true. You're, you're standing in the same position that the, the disciples were. And Jesus is saying, hey, you were given the same chance to repent that they deserve. That they deserve. My love is for them just as much as it has always been for you. When Jesus was there on the cross, when he was taking sin onto himself, it wasn't just for the people in this room. It wasn't just for the people that, that are in churches all over the world today. It's for the lost that are wandering the streets right now. 
It's for the hurting that, that are living in mansions right now, but they're so empty because they don't have Christ. When Jesus was taking sin on himself, it was all of it. Yours, mine, theirs. Because he loved them just as much as he loves me. And right now, it, it seems so easy to, to try and just bring them to church. And you know what? They'll hear the gospel from stage. The truth is, they can hear it from you. They can hear it from you, from me. Sitting across from each other at coffee, at a family dinner, they can hear the gospel. They can hear hope. They can hear love. They can hear life. I'm going to make this as easy as I can. I'm going to, I'm going to strip away the excuses. I'm going to strip away the, the why I can't, why I shouldn't, why I'm not the right person. I'm going to take it all away with, with just this, this really simple, really simple verse. You know it. I promise you do. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This first, first little phrase, for God so loved the world. Why should I share the gospel with people? Even if I don't feel equipped, even if I don't feel like I'm the right person, God loved him enough to die for him. Who am I to withhold a message of that love? Who am I to withhold a message of, of love and hope? Because Jesus loves the lost. Jesus loves those that don't know him yet. And yet is that key word. The love is still there. It has been for eternity past. It will be for eternity future. And they just are waiting on that introduction. Jesus loves the hurting. That's who he went to. That's who he sought out. The hurting that needed him the most. He loves the desperate. That's who he went to. The people that had nothing left to, to fall on, the people that had nothing left to, to do with their lives, that had nowhere else to go, he went to them and said, here I am. You're looking for a way, I am the way. You're looking for truth, I am the truth. And you're just about out of life, well, it's okay because I am the life. That is the identity that Jesus has for himself, and that's who he brought into this world. The way, the truth, the life. He went to the hurt, he went to the lonely, he went to the desperate. And he's asked us to do the same thing, not because we are biblical scholars, not because we are so good at sharing the gospel and it's such a good skill of ours, but because we love like he loved. That's the goal. That's what wipes out the excuses. Do I love enough? Do I love like Jesus loved? Do I love the people that are lost, that are hurting, that are desperate because Jesus did and I'm called to be like him? Do I love enough? That's who we're called to be. As we walk in relationship with Jesus, as we become more like him, we love more like him. We love more like Jesus. If you go ahead and put the next verse up here, this is from uh, Matthew chapter 22. 
when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? This is by someone who they want to do all the right things, right? They want the, the perfect little gospel message that they can just hand out and deliver and say, check, I'm so good at this. And they ask Jesus, what's, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. This is the first, with all your soul and with all your mind, sorry. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophet hang on these two commandments. So do you love? Do you love? It's not about sharing the perfect gospel message. It's about love. Do you love those enough? Again, in Luke 19, it says this. You want to go ahead and put Luke 19 up there? Oh, nope. I guess we don't have Luke 19. Just kidding. <laughs> That's okay. It says, The Son of Man was sent to seek and save the lost. So that's my, oh, you can put that back up. Sorry. It's okay. That's all right. So this is, the, this is the question that I want you guys to ask yourself today. This is the question that I want you to, to really spend time with Jesus on. What are you doing to seek the lost that Jesus came to save? That wording is intentional. It's not your job to save them. It's not your job to, to provide salvation. It's not your job to change them. And, and it's not your job to, to make them more like Jesus. That's God's job. He'll do that in his time. But what are you doing to seek them? What are you doing to, to seek them like Jesus sought them? And if the answer right now is, I'm not, Guess what? That's okay because you still have a lifetime of walking with Jesus. And now you're, you're opening up that line of communication with Jesus for him to say, all right, cool. Let's work on that. As you walk with Jesus and these, these questions come up, you're going to be disappointed in the initial answer often. I am. Very often. The beautiful thing about Jesus is it's a lifetime of him changing me, of him making me more like him. And these questions allow him to pinpoint exactly what he wants to work on. And I love that about him. And maybe you're sitting in here today and, and you are the lost. And you feel like, you know what? People have been seeking me. Jesus himself has been seeking me. And, and I just... I heard the gospel, it resonated with me, and I want that hope. I want that peace. I want that comfort. I want to be more like Jesus. I want that relationship with Jesus. If that's you, please talk to us. We have this beautiful baptismal that is always ready. And we'd love to get you baptized. We'd love to help you take that first step into following Jesus, into being called a disciple of Christ. We'd love to help you out with that. So if that's where you're at right now, please grab one of the leaders around the room uh, as we go into to our songs, and we would love to get you baptized. And if right now you are 
you are a longtime disciple of Christ and you're asking yourself this question and you're coming up blank, spend some time with Jesus this week. Spend some time with Jesus with this question just written at the top of a paper. And see what happens. See what he brings up. See what he says. God, we are so thankful that you have given us this time to hear your gospel, to be challenged by your gospel, God, to grow deeper in relationship with you. God, we love you so much, and it blows us away how much you love us. God, I pray that as we we continue in our service, you speak clearly, you help us answer this question, God, You help us understand what it means to follow you, what it means to seek the lost and do so out of love, to bring the gospel to those that need it most, God. God, work in us today and every day following. We love you so much, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.